There we go. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Coffee and Devotions. Let me jump on the computer, make sure everybody's able to join us live, make sure we are recording. Go ahead and do that and send us live over there. Schedule a text message. We are good to go. Well, good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Coffee and Devotions. It's so good to be with you. This is where every day you and I, we get together. We have a little bit of coffee, some black gold. We get into God's Word and we grow in our love for the Lord together. And this year, 2023, Lord willing, we'll make it from Genesis to Leviticus. Why don't we have some coffee? We'll pray and we'll get into God's Word. Let's pray. Well, Father, we thank you so much. What a great blessing it is to get to come to your Word, to read what you would have for us, and to enjoy knowing that you are our God. Father, we pray that you would please teach us and that we would understand your word and that you would apply it to our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so we are at Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12, we'll begin at verse 10, and we will make our way into chapter 13. So let's put on the old spectacles, and we'll get into God's word. Now there was a famine in the land, and Abram went down to Egypt to dwell there, for the, sa- for the famine was severe in the land. And it came to pass, when he was close to entering Egypt, that he said to Sarai, his wife, Indeed, I know that you are a woman of beautiful countenance. Therefore, it will happen when the Egyptians see you, that they will say, This is his wife, and they will kill me. But they will let you live. Please say that you are my sister, that it may be well with me for your sake, and that I may live because of you. So it was when Abram came to Egypt that the Egyptians saw the woman, that she was very beautiful. The princes of Pharaoh also saw her and commended her to Pharaoh. And the woman was taken to Pharaoh's house. He treated Abram well for her sake. He had sheep, oxen, male donkeys, male and female servants, female donkeys, and camels. But the Lord plagued Pharaoh and his house with great plagues because of Sarai, Abram's wife. And Pharaoh called Abram and said, What is this you have done? Sorry, yeah, what is this you have done to me? Why did you not, why did you not tell me? that she was your wife. Why did you say she is my sister? I might have taken her as my wife. Now, therefore, here is your wife. Take her and go your way. So Pharaoh commanded his men concerning him, and they sent him away with his wife and all he had. So this is the the first part of the story in chapter 12. So ending that part, now we're going to get into chapter 13. Then Abram went up from Egypt, he and his wife and all that he had, and lot with him to the south. Abram was very rich in livestock and silver and in gold, and he went on his journey from the south as far as Bethel to the place where his tent had been at the beginning, between Bethel and Ai, to the place of the altar which he had made there at first. And there Abram called on the name of the Lord." Law also went with Abram, had flocks and herds and tents. 
Now the land was not able to support them that they might dwell together, for their possessions were so great that they could not dwell together. And there was strife between the herdsmen of Abram's livestock and the herdsmen of life of Lot's livestock. The Canaanites and the Perizzites then dwelt in the land. So Abram said to Lot, Please, let there be no strife between you and me and between my herdsmen and your herdsmen, for we are brethren. Is not the whole land before you? Please separate from me. If you take the left, then I will go to the right, or if you take the right, then I will go to the left. And Lot lifted his eyes and saw all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere. Before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt as you go toward Zor. Then Lot chose for himself the plain of Jordan, and Lot journeyed east, and they separated from each other. Abram dwelt in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelt in the city of the plain, and pitched his tent even as far as Sodom. But the men of Sodom were exceedingly wicked and sinful against the Lord. And the Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him, Lift up your eyes and look from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, and westward, for all the land which you see I give to you and your descendants forever. And I will make your descendants as the dust of the earth, so that if a man could number the dust of the earth, then your descendants also could be numbered. Arise, walk in the land through its length and its width, for I give it to you. Then Abram moved his tent and went and dwelt by the terebinth trees of Mamre, which are in Hebron, and built an altar there to the Lord." Woo, that's a lot, right? We need to ask ourselves, A, what is this about? B, what's the best verse to summarize this? And C, what are we called to do in response to this, right? So let's go ahead and move quickly through this first section. So Abram in chapter 12, beginning at verse 10, moves down to Egypt. God promises him the land. He promises him a nation. He promises him blessings. He he takes uh, his his nephew Lot and his wife Sarai, and they they go throughout the land. Right? This is this is great. We we're we're coming off a high in that first ten or our first yeah nine verses of chapter twelve, and we think, oh, this is this is great, right? Abram's going to be a righteous guy. Everything's going to go well. No. No, then, then you pick up at verse 11, and it's this, this cowardly, clinging on to power-type story where Abram tells his wife, hey, just tell a white lie. He tells Sarai when they go down to Egypt, she's 75 years old at this point, 65 years old, somewhere in there, and he tells her, hey, when we go down there, I'm worried they're going to kill me because you're hot stuff, you know, and they're, you're beautiful. And they're, they're going to kill me and they're going to take you. And so why don't you just say you're my sister? No, it's, it's a half-truth, right? He's, they're, they're cousins. Or no, not cousins, half-brother, half half-sister. You know, but this is wrong. Right? This, is, this, is, this is sinful. This is cowardly. This is the man who's inheriting... The promises of God? Well, yeah. Yeah, because you see, we often want to have heroes in the story. But the hero of this story is not Abram. It's God himself. It's God who is gracious. It is God who is, who is merciful to those who do not deserve mercy and gracious to those who do not deserve grace. 
This is the remarkable thing that makes us scratch our heads and we think, really, this is the guy? But if we were in the same spot, we might do the same thing. We have the same type of sinful hearts. So here we see once again that it is God's grace that is sparing Abram, not because he was righteous, but because God chose to. (laughs) Because just like he chose to save Noah, why did he save Noah and not everybody else? The guy gets drunk because God is gracious. (laughs) Because he's still going to work out his plan of redemption. And so he, he... goes through with his plan. Sarai does this. I wonder how Abram was able to sleep with himself at night. What was what was he thinking about? Would Pharaoh take Sarai as his wife? I, I don't know. That's speculation. But the point is, is that Pharaoh finds out and he's mad, right? And he, take your wife and get out of here, right? I think there's some real practical applications for this. You know, uh, men don't be cowards, I think this is something that we need to see and just because it's a story in the in the Bible doesn't mean that it's a good model. No, this is actually a model of what it means to not love your wife as Jesus loves the church but to well to care about your own skin more than you do about the woman you love. And so uh, that's that's one there uh, another one I would say uh, an application is this idea of being men of courage and of protecting our wives. So this is a counter example. But then we get into chapter 13, and as we've read through all of chapter 13, we we read about what happens when Pharaoh finds out and he tells, he essentially expels Abraham. Abram, he says, get out of here, right? And so they go back to where they had just come from. They go back between Bethel and Ai. They go back to the south, to the Negev, to the lower part of the of the Judah area. There is no Judah yet because Judah's you know, multiple generations still to come. But he he's in the south area there, and well, now he's got camels, he's got servants, he's got donkeys, and so does his nephew Lot. So they got all this stuff, and there's not enough pasture land. Right? There's only so many cows that you can fit on so much land. And so uh, they say, hey, you know what? We got to split up. And so Abram tells his nephew Lot, he says, you take this area, I'll take this area. Take whatever you want, right? If you go to the left, I'll go to the right. You go to the right, I'll go to the left. And what's happening here is the Lord is setting the scene, right? The Lord is setting the scene for what's going to happen with Sodom and Gomorrah. He's, he's setting the scene for why Lot is in the cities and why Abram is in the plains, and so we're going to get to that later when, when we uh, look at chapters 14 and following. Uh, but there's, he doesn't want there to be strife between them. And so Law ends up going there. And then in verse 14 is kind of the heart of this passage. And the Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him, lift up your eyes now and look from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, and westward, for for all the land which you see I will give to you and your descendants forever. And I will make your descendants as the dust of the earth, so that if a man could number the dust of the earth, then your descendants also could be numbered. Arise, walk in the land through its length and width, for I will give it to you. 
you might have wondered with Abram as he had left Egypt. You know, God hadn't appeared to him. Had he lost the blessing of chapter 12? Had he royally messed up? Was God still going to be with him? Would his promises still stay true? Is that the case with you? You know, if if God has saved you, if he has promised you new life, if he has promised you the riches and store and the new heavens and the new earth, and then you go and you sin, you blow it, do you think that, oh man, is God's promises gone? And here God continues to be merciful and gracious. The Lord initiates this. Jehovah himself comes to Abram and he reassures him of the promises. I look, look, to the, look to the north, look to the south, look to the east, look to the west, all of it. The promise is still true. I'm still going to give it to you. And I'm still going to give you descendants. I'm still going to bless you. I'm still going to make you into a great nation. You're still going to be a blessing to the nations. He tells him, right, there's, there's dust. <laughs> Go to the Israel and, and see the, how much is just dirt and rocks, and you'll see there's a lot of dust. And he looks at it and he says, That's, your descendants are going to be more numerous than that. So he promises these things to Abram. He reassures him of this royal grant. His grace is still upon him because you see grace isn't earned. <laughs> Mercy isn't deserved. God's promises come because he desires to do it. It's his choice. Why he chooses sinners like Abram or a sinful person like me, I don't know. But for some reason, he does it to bring himself glory. And what is the response of Abram? In verse 18, Then Abram moved his tent and went and dwelt by the terebinth trees of Mamre, which are in Hebron, and built an altar there to the Lord after he finds out about God's promises still remaining upon him what what does he do he goes and he finds a place where he can offer his thanks where he can go and he can make sacrifices unto the Lord is that what we do when we hear about his grace his mercy his forgiveness do we respond with praise with thanksgiving well, what's the best verse to summarize this? I have a whole bunch underlined, so uh, I don't know if I'm going to to say it's, you know, I have verse 4 underlined that there Abram called on the name of the Lord. Again, that call isn't answered right away. It's delayed there by at least four, uh, nine verses, ten verses. Um, there's some other things I have underlined about uh, them splitting up. But I think I would really underline verse 15 and 16. Maybe 17. What would you underline in your Bible? Lastly, calling from chapter 13. Do you call upon the name of the Lord? Do you trust his promises that he who has made these promises has sworn upon himself? that they are true and that he is going to bring them to pass, that he is a covenant-keeping God, that he is gracious and he is merciful. And will you thank him 
we praise him. We bring him glory. That he remembers people who are sinful. People who are just, feel like me, just sometimes downright stupid, selfish. And yet for some reason, he still is a loving God. He does not deal with our sins as we deserve. But instead, he is bountiful with us. He's worthy of praise. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much. And we pray, thanking you, thanking you, thanking you, Lord, for the work of redemption that you have done, the grace that you have shown. God, please make us more thankful. Make us more in awe of your grace and mercy. Thank you for your promises. In Jesus' name, amen. May the Lord bless you today. May you walk in the joy and peace of Jesus Christ, and I'll see you tomorrow. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's message from God's Word for You, a ministry of Sharon RP Church in rural southeast Iowa. We pray that the message would be used by God to transform your faith in your life this week. If you'd like to get more information about us, feel free to go to the website, SharonRPC.org. We'd love to invite you to worship with us. Our worship time is 10 a.m. every Sunday at 25204 160th Avenue, Morning Sun, Iowa, 52640. May God richly bless you this week.